On this episode of the Trade Busters podcast, we're going to be looking at sizing your trade and specifically the 45 plus DTE strategy using the risk calculator that's now at the strategy page. Before we go on, just a quick disclaimer, I'm not a financial advisor, so everything on this podcast is for informational purposes only and not to be construed as investment advice. Now, I've been looking forward to making this episode for a little while, and um, I did want to wrap up the bomb shelter episodes with the income campaign portion and the hedge portion before this because I figured it'd be better just to kind of set the stage and get the mechanics out so you guys can to implement that basically, but then have this episode as a way to kind of wrap everything up and put everything in context, not just for the bomb shelter specifically, but even if you don't use a bomb shelter and you're just going to use the 45 plus income by itself um, or any of the other strategies that um, I've kind of been going over, especially with the, the whole credit targeting, because I've been saying since the beginning that with this type of strategy, with the with the stop loss being the main um, risk management, uh, the credit received as a proxy for risk is kind of how I look to size my trades and kind of gauge how much risk I'm actually taking. Now, of course, and we all know this, this isn't taking into account gap risk, which with the 45 plus strategy, it does minimize, right? The gap risk and the gamma risk. But again, there is sort of that nuclear black swan risk, which is why we have the bomb shelter, right? But again, that's for sort of extreme circumstances. And we want to have an idea of the day-to-day risk that we're taking. And one thing I want to point out is, you know, ever since the beginning as well, I've been talking about the idea of using portfolio margin to take advantage of capital efficiency because with these further data trades, further out of the money, the BPR goes down. Furthermore, you know, I've talked about the fact that if you're using futures, futures options, MES and ES, the BPR is very low. And uh, like the episode on portfolio margin that I mentioned that some people, depending on where you are, which country, which broker, you may actually have very low BPR already, even without portfolio margin. So there comes to this point where capital efficiency is so high that the buying power really is not a useful gauge anymore of the risk, right? And we see this, especially like, on the longitudinal study, for example, I had to put a big message that says, hey, if you have 5% BPR, do not allocate 40%, right? Because it is just a lot of risk. I mean, you can, but really, you're going to have really large drawdowns and it's going to have huge swings in your portfolio PL. And so, you know, again, the BP is just not a good gauge any longer because for all intents and purposes, you're, you're basically getting free margin on some of these trades right now, especially with the bomb shelter trade. And I want to point out that um, we're actually doing 90 DT on the short now and 60 DT on the long. Um, this is versus earlier the 120 short and the 90 on the long. Now, we're going to be saying that really at the end of the day, it doesn't make a huge difference. Um, there's really a trade-off between the, the protection from the bomb shelter and then the day-to-day average book size. So this is actually a good episode to talk about why we decided to move to 90. Um, Not to say that it's the best. It's just as with everything that I've been showing with all the studies, it's always a trade-off and you have to figure out where your priority is. So um, again, so this is a good time to to take a look at this. And and I think looking at the risk calculator will give you a better overall picture to help you gauge how you want to size your trade. So 
You're going to want to follow all along on the risk calculator tab. This is at the 45 plus DTE strategy page. So if you haven't already, you're going to go to www.thetradebusters.com. Go to the link for the 45 plus DTE income strategy. There's uh, a new tab or not new at this point if you've already seen it, but there's one called the risk calculator. And then there is one called the capital efficiency study. So let's actually look at the capital efficiency study first because I did post a couple of new um, test results that I've done. So if you scroll down to around row 33 and uh, scroll over to the right side, column O and beyond, I have a new table here. So, you know, you guys are probably familiar with these tables from a little while ago when I first started really pushing the research. And this new table, and it's labeled, you can see that it is uh, 15 delta. That hasn't changed for now. 60% max profit. This sort of is kind of the sweet spot we found. It's just a little bit higher, so you, you improve the risk reward a little bit versus the 50% max profit. Um, and we're still exiting at 2x loss. Remember this three, 300%, sorry, 3x credit, which is 200% stop loss. But right now, there's no DIT cutoff. All right, so we're going to let this trade run. And the interesting thing is you'll find that the, the average DIT is not that much higher than where we used to have it. With the 90 DET, the 60 DET, we used to cut, up, uh, cut it off around 24. And you can see that the average day in trade is really only about 26 um, for the 90 DTE. And um, this test runs from 2005 through 2020. Right? If you see the, stable, um, the tables from before, on the left-hand side and on the earlier longitudinal studies, you see that some of my tests were... 2016 to 2020 only, which is five years. This is a 15 year or was it 16 year? Um, the the reason we did this is because the I saw that the the test from just 2016 and on, and you'll see this in a longitudinal study that the the win rate was very consistently high, so it was kind of skewing everything and making the premium catch and rate look higher. It, it just made everything look better. Um, so this last five years was particularly favorable and then looking at the 2005 through 2020 results seems to be i guess kind of more realistic obviously this is all of this is with the benefit of hindsight and who's to know what's going to happen in the future but anyways i just want to let you know those are the assumptions um so you can kind of gauge for yourself which direction you want to go so right now i only have the three uh dtes on here the 60 90 120 so you can see that the win rate is pretty similar right it's it's all wrapped around 86 87 percent um, average win size is around 0 0.6 because, of course, we're using 60% max profit. And because we're not having a cutoff here, right, every single exit, it's going to be the stop or a um, um, profit target, which is why you see that 0 0.6 for the average win. Average loss is just above 2. That's probably because of gaps. Um, so that raises it. That's why it's not perfectly 2. So risk reward is about the same. And obviously, the main differentiation is the average DIT. Okay, so 60 DT has 18.3, 90 DT has 26.4, and 120 has 35.6, which translates, of course, to the average book size. And again, average book size, if you enter every day, um, and, and we're going to look in a second that you can actually change this, but if you do enter every day, as, as I mentioned before, you take the average days in trade, um, divided by 7 for number of weeks, and multiply by 5, which is because you can only put on 5 trades a week, right? And of course, in a previous episode, I've talked about this idea of the credit ratio, uh, the BPR ratio, value at risk, capture rate. Um, so you can go back to the previous episodes to to catch up on those metrics. Uh, and of course, the capital efficiency ratio. But I want to mention a lot of this stuff with the capital efficiency ratio 
honestly is not that big of a deal anymore, especially if you're going to be using a bomb shelter. Because putting on the bomb shelter, uh, if you have the portfolio margin um, or using futures, it, it drastically cuts down the, the BPR. So right now, for example, we're doing the 90 DTE short and, and the 60 DTE long. The total package um, as a percent of notional versus the short strike is, is somewhere like 2%, right? So it's, it's extremely leveraged that you can get, all right? So again, that is why we really want to use the credit as a proxy for risk. But um, this risk calculator is, is really going to give you an idea of what exactly, where this value at risk comes from. So remember, value at risk is my way of measuring kind of how much premium you have on the table at any one time because the premium dictates your potential loss because we're taking double that, right? So right now, before we flip over to the risk calculator, just note that this, um, in this table, Y37, right? Sell Y37, value at risk for the 90 DTE, or 60% max profit, 0.27%. And we're going to see this number come up. I, and hopefully, you'll finally have a really good understanding of what that means, okay? The 0.27% value at risk. So let's go ahead and flip to the risk calculator. And again, this is interactive and dynamic. Um, again, so the orange cells are, are inputs you can do. Now, I'll just kind of walk through real quick. So the account parameters, net lick is obviously very simple. Um, you can set whatever account size you want. And the target return, this is a target return per year, okay? So for now, I'm gonna set it to 1%. Um, just so this is assuming I only wanna make a percent per year, okay? So there's an entries per week, pretty obvious. So if you do, let's just set it at five, we can look at what happens if you if you reduce that in a second. But if I have five entries per week, so I'm gonna use a million dollars for the net liquidity, 1% target per year, entries per week is five. And then moving down, we have the strategy assumptions. For now, the delta is gonna be 15. Now there's a toggle for the bomb shelter, which can be on or off. I'm gonna turn it off for a second, and I'll explain what that does later. PCR is the premium capture rate. Now. This, you're going to want to take that from whatever study or whatever configuration that you're doing for this trade, okay? So if you flip over the capital efficient study for a second, the 90 DTE 60% max profit, uh, this had a PCR of 27. So I'm going to go ahead and put in 27% for a second. Average days in trade, go back to the table, is 26.4. Okay, so I'm using the same inputs from that particular part of the table. Okay, so the 90 DTE 60% max profit with no DIT cap is 27% PCR and average days in trade 26.4. With those inputs, the rest of the table, all of that is automatically generated. Okay, so these are, are very straightforward. Um, moving under the average DIT, you'll see entries per year. This is very simple. It's number of entries per week from above times 52 because there's 52 weeks in a year so in this case right now it's 260 and then the average book size is that same formula from before we take the average days in trade divided by seven and we multiply by entries per week right before i've always multiplied it by five because that was the entries per week if you enter every day so right now i made the formula generic i just multiplied it by that um, before which is the input cell and we'll see how that affects, uh, what's affected once we reduce that. But for now, I just want to set this example before we tinker with it too much. So average book size is 18.9. You can see that matches the average book size from the capital efficiency study tab. So 
What does that do for you? All of that filters down to your credit target per entry for your trade. Okay. So if you have a million dollars and we're trying to make 1% per year, you can see that the PL per year or the profit we're trying to make is $10,000, which is 1% of a million. And because in this setup, the PCR is 27%, you can see in the formula, it takes the profit that we want and we divide by the PCR, right? So 10,000 divided by 27% gives us $37,037 because that's how much premium you have to sell per year in order to make 10,000 if you're capturing 27%. So this is all, this should all be very familiar, right? We've talked about this and the credit targeting episodes and a lot of the sizing episodes, but now you hopefully have something visual to see right in front of you, right? And so finally, that, that all translates to credit per entry. And if you look at the formula, it's the premium per year divided by B13, which is the number of entries per year, right? Premium sold per year divided by entries per year equals credit target per entry, right? And credit target per entry in this case, in this particular setup right now, I'm looking at $142, meaning you sell whatever product will give you that $142 for the short strike at 15 Delta at the DTE that you're entering. So if we're entering 90 DTE, we're going to go to 90 DTE and whichever product, um, MES, SPY, ES, SPX, will give you that credit target for each um, short strike, okay? Now, you can, of course, adjust the number of contracts. Now, the way I've set it up right now, this is a very small credit target. Obviously, if you have a larger one, you can uh, you can scale up and down the number of contracts or vice versa. And, and we'll get into the, the scaling in a bit. But I want to look at now the, the table up top, which is the value at risk, okay? So you'll see where the 0.27% now is. So I have the first row, which is average book, which is just the average book size. That, that's purely taken from the stats earlier. But I know that the because in practice, your book size can change. It can go higher. It can go lower. I have sort of five arbitrary book sizes here. I have just 10, 20, 30, 40, and 50. So that's just at a glance. Now let's look at this value at risk. F2. This is right now E2 which is the average book size times B19. B19 is the credit per entry, okay? So remember, our credit per entry with this current setup is $142. And if we have an average book size of 18.9, we have $2,686 of credit on the books on average. And if we take that credit and divide by the net lick, which is B2, this is the one you set, we get 0.27%. So now we finally see where this 0.27% comes from, right? I have said before, for every 1% target return, this is the amount of credit you will have on the books. And you can finally see from the net lick, from the target return, from the number of entries, everything filters down and translates to this value at risk. Now that's just the credit on the books. What's your actual risk? Well, I have something called a level one book wipe risk, which is just basically losing the whole book at a normal 2x loss. So you can see in H2, this is simply 
value at risk times two. So instead of 0 0.27, I think this rounds, it's something like, let me add another decimal place here. It is 0 0.54. So if you have 0.27% of value at risk and you lose the book, you will lose 0.54%. And now we have level two next to a nuke risk, which I've said, I have, I have sort of a disclaimer on the right-hand side that I'm using a 2x loss to evaluate level one book wipe risk. And I'm using 7x loss as um, the nuke risk. If you have the bomb shelter and if you don't have it, it's 15. You can click and see the formula to sort an if statement. If B10 is, if it's on, it uses 7x and if it doesn't use a 15 again this is from if you listen to my the hedge episode this is based on toss analysis so these are simulated based on 20 percent down vix 80 so take it with a grain of salt but this is sort of the, the best best approximation i can come up with okay so right now with no bomb shelter on it's 15x so rather than 0.54 percent it's a 4x drawdown Okay, now that doesn't seem very big. That's because I've only set the target return at 1%. So I'm going to just flip this. Now, obviously, you probably want to make more than 1%. So let's just say I wanted to make 15%. Okay, so I'm going to change the target return to 15%. All of the numbers will pretty much increase, but you should now kind of understand where we're coming from. Everything just 15x bigger, right? So at 15% target, still five entries a week. Same PCR, same average days in trade, same number of trades per year, book size is 18.9. But now, rather than $10,000, my PL per year target is 150,000. Premium sold required is 555,000. And then credit per target, sorry, credit target per entry is now $2,000, right? So everything is the same sort of setup. It's just now scaled bigger. And so at a 15% target return, now my value at risk on average is four percent so level one book ripe risk is eight percent and the nuke risk is now 60 right now that's clearly much too big now this is why we can look at the bomb shelter and see what that does okay so you can now see how everything kind of translates and depending on the configuration you're trading you can size up until you feel comfortable with the various um, the level one and the level two risk, and then you can gauge the book size, right? Because remember, there's average, but then you can look at, hey, what if it was 30 entries? Or what, what if it did get to 40 entries? Because remember, we're not capping it, but you always have the discretion to prune the book, right? Let's say you're okay with 30, 30 entries, but you're not okay with 40. So you can start pruning if you start getting close to that, right? So let's turn on the bomb shelter uh, toggle here. And all that's going to do is it's going to uh, it's going to assume a nuke risk of 7x, but it's going to also automatically increase your credit target by 20%. So you can see in the um, the premium per year formula, which is on B18, it says if B10 is on or bomb shelter on, basically multiply by 1.2. And this goes back to, I mentioned in the last episode, using the bomb shelter will cost you about 20% of your profit. So you need to leverage up by about 20% to get to the same level of return, right? So this is kind of baked in for you. So right now I'm going to, um, again, I'm going to have the, a million dollar net lick. I'm going to leave the target return at 15%. Entries per week is five. I'll turn on the bomb shelter. PCR, average DIT doesn't change. But right now you can see that the credit per entry goes from 2137 to 2564, right? So I need to sell more premium. So that increases all of the value at risk by a little bit.
the book wipe risk goes up, but the nuke risk, again, I mentioned in the formula, I'm using 7x if you have the bomb shelter in place. So with 15% target, average book size, 4.8% value at risk, level one book wipe, book wipe risk is 9.67, and then the nuke risk is 34. So it, again, 34% seems high, but again, if you think that a actual nuke risk 20% gap, all that craziness is even possible, maybe losing 34% is reasonable, especially that's like a true, true black swan. And, you know, rather you're not going to get wiped out. You just, you know, and again, that's sort of an extreme circumstance, but it's another way for you to gauge like, hey, what am I actually comfortable with in terms of sizing this up? Because again, the BP at this point, right, even targeting 15% return, if you're using the, the bomb shelter, you may very well only be using 20% of that of your capital, right? So clearly if you're using 40%, 50%, it's going to be humongous, right? So you can no longer use buying power really as a gauge of your risk. You want to use something like this risk calculator with the credit targeting to get a good idea. Um, so couple quick things before we wrap up this idea of the entry target okay if you wanted to sell a larger product or if your account was so small you couldn't sort of fit any of the products to your credit target you can artificially boost uh, the size of the trades without sizing up the risk so to speak I, I, now I'll show you what I mean so right now with this configuration, which is the million dollars, 15% return, five entries per week, you can see that the credit target we just mentioned is $2,500. Now, let's say you're in between where, you know, SPY is something like, let's say SPY is $5,000 or SPX is $5,000 um, for that 15 Delta. And you want to sell SPX, but, and you don't want to sell SPY for whatever reason. So the credit target of 2,500 is too little, right? But that's because I'm entering every single day, right? So if I, if I decrease the entries per week, I'm going to change it to four. Credit target goes to 3,200. If I change the ad entries per week to three, credit target goes to 4,200. Now I'll change the entries to two, 6,400. So I, I kind of jumped the gun a little bit, but the reason uh, is you can, you can use this as one more degree of freedom to tailor the trade is because for the same return target and the same PCR, it obviously makes sense that if I want to capture X amount of premium, but I'm only selling, you know, three times a week, two times a week, as opposed to every week, I have fewer entries, right? And you'll see that in the, the strategy assumptions, the entries per year goes down because I'm only doing twice a week and the average book size go down, right? And then the total premium I need to sell per year doesn't change, but because I have fewer entries, the credit I need to sell per entry goes up, right? So again, that's just what I mean by if you purposely sell less per week, less frequency, you can sort of increase the target that you need per entry and still size the trade the same from a come overall risk level. Um, and if you play around the calculator, you'll, you'll see what I mean because as you fiddle with the, um, the entries per week, you'll see that the average book size and the average value at risk doesn't change. Um, it just changes the amount of entries that you have but since you have more credit per entry they all kind of balance out so again you, you'll see what i mean when you when you play around with that and the last thing i kind of want to mention is with the pcr 
because that's such a fundamental driver of the credit that you're you're targeting it's the whole system is very sensitive to this and if you look at all the various back tests let's go back to the capital efficiency study for a second looking at the and again this is the table over on the right side in column o about halfway down row 33 looking at the 60 90 and the 120 dte and back to why we chose 90 these win rates are very similar okay and the premium capture on this table just happens to look a little higher for the 90 dte and that's purely because the, the win rate was like one percent higher honestly you want to take these with a grain of salt because again these are back tests right and things can clearly be different moving forward and if you look at the longitudinal study the, the win rate sometimes it's all over the place it's really high in one year and really low on the other this is a long-term average so for all intents and purposes we're almost treating these as if they're similar and the main reason we want to do the 90 TD dte is just because the average days in trade is shorter so your average book size is is shorter the trade-off is because with the 90 DTE short, your long is at 60 DTE, and this is again for the bomb shelter, it is a little weaker. With the simulations, you know, you might hit like a 7 or 8x loss as opposed to like a 6 or 7x when you had the short at 120 and the long at 90. And that's a trade-off, and it makes sense because if your long strike is too short-dated, right, as your short strike decays and gets shorter to closer to expiration, the long strike also gets closer to expiration. So it's kind of losing power at a faster rate due to that negative theta than your short leg is. So that's the trade-off. Your bomb shelter is a little bit weaker, but we determine if the book size is less anyways, then your overall nuke risk really, if anything, might be even less. So, so basically... If you take a 7x loss on like 25 positions, but then you take an 8x loss, which is a greater, you know, one, one more x on a smaller book size on 19 positions, it, it kind of washes out. Um, so our decision in a trade-off was to take the 90 DTE primarily because the days in trade is less. All right. But the last point I want to make is about the PCR. Again, this is sort of a backwards-looking metric, and we're using that to to ground and to size everything. But you want to be kind of conservative. Um, so on the risk calculator, if you want to be conservative and you want to budget for uh, kind of have a higher chance to hit your expectancy, on the low end, because back in the day, I've said kind of 25% was the gold standard. We've been able to push that higher know the, the premium catch rate to like 29.30 depending on which strategy which years you're looking at but obviously if you are assuming a very high premium capture rate that is good in the sense that you're not going to need to sell as much premium but if the strategy has a bad year and you end up not capturing the 30 percent you're just going to underperform your target right and obviously we can't always get exactly what we want but again the 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 concept is that if you want to be conservative Put slightly lower for the PCR, you know, 25-26%. And if for some reason you're really aggressive and you really think that this is like a super bullish year or you're just gonna have a high win rate, then you can use 29-30%, right? So right now we're in the 28 to 29% range for the for the PCR setting. And 
if you don't know what to put, I mean, go by the back test, right? For example, if you're going to use 90 DTE, 60% max profit, right? Go by the study, put 27%. If you're going to use 120 DTE, go by 24%. And I'm just looking at the table here. If you're going to use 60 DTE, go by 26%. So you can always go by the table because those are based on back-tested results. So it's based on something, but just as some kind of a general rule of thumb, if you want to be very conservative and, and hopefully have a, a good chance of hitting your target goal, you want to do kind of in the lower range, 25, 26%. Um, we're doing something in the middle, 27, 28. And then and don't, you know, I, I don't suggest 29, 30, unless you just really think that's what you're going to get, or you're using one of the setups that have a, either a lower DTE or a higher win rate. Um, so I'll just kind of point that out again. Play around with the risk calculator, fiddle with the numbers, look at the formulas. I think you'll have a good idea of how this all comes together. I suggest you save a copy for yourself so you can have that handy. And this will be the tool that you can use to basically size all of your trades. Um, all right. So let's leave it there for today. Um, as always, if you guys enjoy this podcast, please take a moment to rate, review, and subscribe to it. It's available on most of the major platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. You can also find more of my content at my trading page at www.thetradebusters.com where you can find all of my strategy mechanics and trade logs as well as essays I've written in other podcasts I recommend. Finally, you can follow me on Twitter at The Trade Buster. That's it for today. Thank you all for listening and I'll see you guys next time.